Happy October, America. It's October. It's fall now. It is fall. Thank God. <laughs> I can honestly feel it in the air, too. I know. Just that crisp. It's been getting down in the 40s here. That feels amazing. You're up before most humans are up. Mm-hmm. Why are you up that early, Jared? Because I like to go running. <laughs> and I just ran. But now it's so damn dark. That's what I hate about like the fall and the winter. Well, fall is okay. Because I have to wear a headlamp, you mm. know, to see. <laughs> but in the fall, I can like turn it off like halfway through. Yeah. But now... It's kind of getting to the point where it's like, damn, it's just going to be like headlamp season for the oh, next man. four months. Good for you for waking up, though, man. I'm sure that feels great. You're, you're an inspiration. Mornings. You're an inspiration to the listeners. Thanks, man. Because I am the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I just roll out of bed at 7, and I get in the car maybe by 7.30, 7.35, and I roll up to school <laughs> 15 minutes before those kids walk in. <laughs> Because I'm just not a morning person, but yeah. what refreshes my morning is the brisk air as you walk outside of the car. It is nice. It feels yeah. very nice. That's funny. I couldn't imagine that. I'm up, if I work at 6, like, I'm up at 4. <sighs> if I work at 7, I'm up at, like, 4.30. Like, usually between 2 and 3 hours before I work is, like, a minimum I have to wake up just to, like, yeah. get my shit done. <laughs> and I feel like people fall into one of those two categories because you oh, yeah. are not a night person and I'm no. a night person. Like I mm. can easily stay up till midnight if I need to or want to when I right. do it frequently. And then I still wake up feeling refreshed. Yeah. And I'll just like, it, it's all just comes down to what works for you. Like my noon is your 5 PM. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Oh, absolutely. And like, I am never <laughs> productive in the morning. I never get anything done in the morning. Oh, dude, I get everything done. Like, by, well, seriously, like, noon rolls around, and I'm just, like, on a steady yeah. decline to bed. <laughs> Unless I'm drinking. Then it's, like, I get that second wind. But, yeah. That's true. Man, that's crazy. It's because I just, like, 30 minutes ago, I was at school. Don't No soccer practice today. Man. Partly because we have to wake up so damn early. We have to be on the road to Tucson, which is six hours away. We have to be on the road at 6 a.m. So oh, I'm like, tomorrow? Yeah, so oh, I gotta be damn. up super early, which is gonna murder me. This has gotta be a short podcast. I know, this might be a quick one. <laughs> no, because I can stay up late, and that's the thing, like... So, thanks for listening, everybody, this has been Ryan. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna head out of here, I gotta go in the morning. <laughs> no, no, no. But, no, like I said, I mean, it kills me in the morning, so... Yeah. I just, I have to be ready to go. We've been talking about the morning and the nighttime for a long time now. <laughs> the morning time and the nighttime. But I feel like that's the thing. Like, you fall into one of those categories, you know? So do you. Yeah. And they're opposite. Yeah, we are very opposite. But we're here, 7.30, mm-hmm. on a beautiful Thursday night. I'm winding down. Ryan's <laughs> just about to peak. I'm just getting started. I got so much done. Yeah. So much done related to this podcast, which I need to shout out. The productivity Yeah, today. tell them. You were productive today. We made a Facebook page. <gasps> it's It's here. The book? It's arrived. It's like... You know how we compare ourselves to a new baby? Mm-hmm. It's like our first outfit. Wow. Like, we got an outfit. We're not just squirming around naked. So we're, like, in that toddler phase. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. We got, our, like, our first outfit. I don't know if we can walk yet, though. Debatable. We might be getting there. This is yeah. episode eight. I feel like Instagram might be the walking. Yeah. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. But we're, we're growing up a little bit. And like mm-hmm. we got the Facebook page, I went out there and I made it, which I don't want you to think that I'm I'm boasting about that because it maybe took f- three minutes, four minutes. But it's still big. It's there. It's still there. three minutes. That I didn't commit, so thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. And it's there for you to like. Go like it and share it. 
even if they've even if you've only heard one episode, just like the page, just so yeah. we know, just so we know who you are. That's like actually it. a good point. Other than just like getting likes, because that's what we're trying to accumulate. We're trying to grow like a little baby. Mm-hmm. But we want to know who's listening to it for sure, and that really right. helps us. So definitely go like it. Yeah, and if we if you don't like our page, you won't be eligible for the you know like the promotions we're gonna do. Yeah, gives. which. I would say in the next couple episodes, we're giveaway. We've been mentioning a giveaway for right. a while. But the giveaway, the Facebook like, is a minimum. So we're going to let this kind of simmer for a bit. Yeah. See who's liking the page, and then, you know, those people are going to be eligible. For sure. Cool. So get excited. <laughs> get pumped. Also get pumped. We're making a logo. Oh. It's going to be hype. Everyone's going to be like, wow, that looks really good. I worked on that for a little bit today, but that's that's hush-hush. Will that be on the Facebook page when we decide? It will. It's going to get spatted right on there. Like our image? Exactly. Like a little baby. Nice. Like a little baby puking up some of its lunch. <laughs> I don't know if I like, like this logo. And you're, like, and you're like, oh, wipe that up. But then you wipe it up and you're like, oh, you're growing up. That's you- right. <laughs> We're just growing. We're just growing. There we go. We're also on Google Podcasts now. That's a quick one. So where do you access, is this on, like, Google Music, or where do you get Google Podcasts? That's a great question. I think Google Podcasts is its own separate app. So, like, maybe go download it? I don't know. It's actually not on Google Music, though, so I don't know. But there are podcasts on Google Music, which is confusing. I went back and forth with this, this was part of what I was productive doing. I don't know the answer to that question. (laughs) Okay. But we'll get there. But it's on on Google Podcasts, I know that for sure. So just for the record, we're on our website, on Buzzsprout, you can search us. Spotify. We're on Spotify, yeah, which we're getting a lot of hits on, and we're on Google Music. Yes, play Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. We're not on Google Music. Okay, Google Podcasts. Yes, we're getting there though. Got it. Right. Um. Yeah. That's the. Those are the plugs. Share it, obviously. Share it. Share. 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 Send us your feedback. Yeah. Volleys of history. Uh. At at gmail dot com. That's right. And we're looking forward to seeing that very minimal feedback we've gotten on the email. Not right. gonna lie. But you had a fact check that you Oh wait, should, I have a fact check. We should probably go over. We did get a fact check and we will share your fact checks. So send it to us and send your comments and questions. Me and Jared did a question of the cast a couple episodes ago and Jared asked me what my least favorite food was growing up or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I said it was my mom's quiche that she would make. And uh, my mom sent us a fact check on the quiche. <laughs> I would have to think it was speaking to the quality of the quiche. So do you have any wisdom on that? I mean... Did you get a recipe? No, I didn't, and maybe I need to go out there and make it. I think what needs to be applauded and what needs to be recognized from a lot of mothers out there, and fathers, honestly, they slaved over a over a hot grill. Mm-hmm. They cracked some eggs, they sprinkled some cheese, whatever, <laughs> the, whatever the hell else goes into a quiche. You know, maybe not a grill, but... <laughs> An oven. A hot oven. In a hot oven. And she made that yeah. quiche, and I should be appreciative of her. Yeah. I mean, she could have easily just thrown together hamburger helper six nights a week, you know, and the seventh night you go to McDonald's. Yeah. So the fact that she was willing to put the time into making a breakfast pie, a.k.a. a quiche. <laughs> a quiche. That was that. That's good. That's You're right. to be applauded. And I always feel like moms need the shout out. So shout out to my mom. Yeah. Even though you made the quiche and I had a tough time eating it, you you were doing it for me. That's right. To all the moms. Cheers, mom. We I love che- you. We'd share some light beer to all the moms. We love you. 
Um, but yeah, going back to it, that came from a question of the cast. So we're going to try to do another question of the cast. Are you up for it? Sweet. I'm ready, man. Cool. Do I need to go first? Um, I, I got one ready. Okay. I'll think of one while you're talking. Okay. If you could be one animal that lives its life solely underwater, what would you be? So you can't, and I'm I'm excluding whales. Okay. Wait, why? Because they breathe air, which oh. is technically not water. <laughs> but so it lives like, in it water. Can't be a. Okay, fine. You can do whales. Okay, no. They have okay. to live. Honestly, that's like one of the first ones that came to my head. In water. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna say blue whales are awesome. The largest animal that's ever existed in the entire world, in the history of the world, the blue whale is the largest. I just think it would be cool to be that big. Mm-hmm. And clearly they've adapted in a way that they can survive but i'll go somewhere different with it um i think i want to be an octopus Ooh, brainy smart yeah like yeah we don't know so much about octop octopi octopuses octopeople octopies octopetons octopetons octoperinians octoperinians yes we know so little about them but man they can do some amazing things just the camouflaging ability, the like mm-hmm. flexibility of them. They're super smart. Super smart. Like some scientists think that, you know, if humans go extinct, like squids and octopuses will like take to the land and take over. <laughs> I'm serious because they're really? so smart. They're like the one of the more intelligent. I mean, that's actually a good fact check, but like the most intelligent sea creatures, perhaps besides like yeah. the large mammals, like whales. Well, dolphins. Yeah, dolphins. Are really dolphins. Intelligent yeah. too. Is that what happened in War of the Worlds? You think? <laughs> maybe so they maybe all have those was, like octopus little arms they did have tentacle like things yeah. I feel like a lot honestly that's an interesting thing to think about I feel like a lot of like sci-fi movie takeover of earth type movies have like the aliens have like tentacle like things true they do yeah including evolution filmed in page Arizona <laughs> check it out we gotta plug it again <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up that's amazing uh. Well, good. That was a good... I like that question. Thanks, man. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right. I literally thought of it one second before I asked it to you. Okay, and I thought of one just now, too. Okay. And I'm going to talk about your shirt because of it, and it's going to kind of segue into oh. the question. You've got yeah. a great shirt on. Tell, oh, us, tell us what the shirt is. My shirt... Um, thank you, Laura Veers, my sister, for getting this for me. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Bigfoot... Like, you know that classic film, the black and white, like, Bigfoot walking? Yeah. And, like, that hit that pose of him, like, walking in place. Mm-hmm. It's like a picture of that um, Bigfoot guy, cartoon-ish, and he's wearing Chacos. And it says Chaco on the bottom. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. You're literally a walking and advertisement I'm for Chaco. I'm actually wearing Chacos right now. <laughs> of course you are. So... Thanks, Laura. But I like it. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. cool. I think the entire time I've known you, you've been wearing Chacos. Yeah, I love I, I, I love them. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, my question kind of stemmed from the Bigfoot thing. So here's your question of the cast. What mythological creature would you want to be, and when you become this thing, it then becomes true, and you get to, like Bigfoot, go scare, them, go, go scare people? Whoa. Yeah, that was a big one. Okay, so like what... What mythological creature could would I you be? want to like become, and then it as you become it, it becomes real. It's like which one would be like the coolest to like become real? Whoa. At least to you. Um, hmm. Wow, that is tough. Um, 
So like like the Loch Ness monster, something like right. that, I'm and thinking. then that thing becomes real, and everyone's like, "Holy shit, that thing's real now!" Which, by the way, we've been to Loch Ness, right. amazing place. I think, you know, just the mood I'm in right now, I'm yeah. gonna say the werewolf. Okay. Um, just because if humans had to deal with humans who, during full moons, like turn into these terrible flesh-ripping oh beasts, yeah, that would make things really interesting. You know, like full moons would wow. probably be like full-on lockdown. But then what would be cool is, you know, humans would probably get like a task force, yeah. like the Werewolf Eradication Agency. Who like goes out during full moons with like heavy artillery, man, and just like gets rid of these guys. That's like really deep because. But then, like, then, what if your daughter like yeah. slept with a werewolf? She'd be aiding to this huge problem. But then, like in the times of not full moon, the werewolves are going to be persecuted like hell. But would we even know who they are? That's a good question. You know, I think it'd just be crazy. It would just add like a total wild element to like. Oh, I have this great friend. I haven't seen him in a while. Like, oh my gosh, Dan's a werewolf. <laughs> That's where he's been going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be it'd be, That'd be nuts. Oh you would my not, god, people would probably stop going outside at night. That's a movie in the making right there. Wow, just like yeah. a population of people getting werewolf disease, but then you don't know who yeah, it is. Exactly. So you're on like you're on playgrounds at schools and. You're Kids like aren't calling game. each other other names. They're calling each other werewolves. Right. Like a You're kid, a werewolf. A kid gets a were- a kid's like a werewolf. What do you do with a kid? You know? Yeah. Do you let him grow up? Oh my! Do you keep him in? What Boy, are you I doing? Full man, like I almost, full I almost like regret, regrets. But okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll with it. It'd yeah. be sad. It'd be scary. That'd be but, crazy though. But that'd be nuts. That opened. We opened up a whole can of worms. Because we're not really like like humans don't really have like a we're not really afraid of that much. Yeah, know? that's true. So that would add like an element of like. Whoa, and I feel like if people saw Bigfoot, that would almost be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like remember that one time where Bigfoot was not real and now he's real? That would be pretty and He just walks around the forest and his name's Jared. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing shoes. There's sandals. Oh, my God, he's got Chacos. Does he have a Choco tan on his face? He's 17. <laughs> Custom uh, made. Then Chaco gets a hold of it, and they're just marketing goes crazy. Do they make, like... Tired tread Chacos for Bigfoot he's so heavy. <laughs> Lives in the woods, in the blood, in the rocks. And he just shuffles things around. <laughs> oh, good. That was that's, a good question. I like that. That's good, man. Well, we had a, a couple of good questions of the cast. Yeah, that was nice. A couple of little mini stories. Those are always good little numbers. Well, Ryan, if I'm not, not mistaken, I believe it is your turn to go first this week. Hey, thanks, man. It's, uh, it's me up, you're right. And... We're going to, it's a similar trajectory from last week, so you're going to see it kind of cool. loosely, so you're going to see where we're at. But, all yeah. right. Episode 8, check us out on all our platforms. Ocho. O, number, numero ocho, we. Get a Me. glass of horchata for episode ocho. Ocho. And also, get a light beer for <laughs> your stays <laughs> with us. Hey, get those eggies, man. <laughs> Corona extra. <laughs> Take it back to Boston. Ba- ba- oh, you you cop there, get it, baby. <laughs> Take it back to Boston. Get yourself a light beer. Yeah, come on. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, too many light beers. I ain't had too many light beers. Just hit the guy. He's a he's a he's a jerk. Okay. Hey, okay. I'm not a cop. All right. You don't need to say that. Just get yourself a light beer. You and... say you're not a cop, but look at you. You're wearing a tie. You're wearing a white shirt at a bar. Come on. <laughs> what are you thinking? Get out of here. <laughs> all right. Come on. Okay. Let's see the story. Come on. All right. Here we go. Episode number eight. All right, Ryan, I am 
ready. All right, man. Well, I want to start things, and I, I preface this to you, but I haven't told you what it is. I want to preface something with kind of something sad, and it's something to kind of go, hmm, and just think about. Um, I think that, you know, one of the things about making a podcast this is, that is awesome is you get to kind of, like, make things more aware and, like, pitch things that you're passionate about. And I, this isn't something I'm passionate about, per se, but it's something that I want to advocate for and spread awareness for. Um, I'm taking this class to get my certification back for my teaching license, mm-hmm. and one of the classes that I have to take is on Arizona history. or It's more Arizona constitutional history. Yeah. Which is crazy that I need to take that class to get my teaching certification, but I digress. And one of the questions on my final reflection that I was just doing before we recorded today is what is the biggest problem facing Arizona? And while I'm a teacher and I, a lot of people said it, and while it's for my teaching degree and licensure, I I wrote in like my first sentence, like, I don't think the most important or that what I should talk about is education because everyone talks about education and obviously it's an important thing and an important issue. But one of the biggest issues I think, and I want to just touch on it lightly and I'm sure we'll end up talking about it as we keep going, but I think it's important to spread awareness to, is some of the issues facing the Navajo Nation and the Navajo Indian Reservation, which we live in very close proximity to in Page. 85% of the kids that I teach and you taught um, are Navajo. A lot of them come from the reservation. And people don't realize how huge it is. And just, like, look at a map and you'll, you'll see how massive it is. But long story short, like, they don't have very many law enforcement there. And... You know, law enforcement, it takes a long time for them to get places. There's a lot of distrust in federal governments and federal, just like, po- po- like police and long story short, there's a lot there. But what ends up happening is like one in three Navajo women is sexually assaulted. And like, that's just something that people need to be more aware of. And Navajo women and Native women are two and a half times more likely to be in, like, a domestic violence situation than other mi- any other minority. And I just think it's important that people realize that because there's just a lot of people that don't know those figures. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to quickly plug that in there. So thanks for listening to it. All right, yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, like I said, I just think it's important to know about and, like I said, spread awareness for. So thank you for letting me talk about that. I'm going to talk about something completely different. All and we're right. going to kind of switch gears. <laughs> like I said, I think you were going to – it's just one of those, oh, moments. So, anyway, so uh, we're going to go back in time for this one. This one's uh, an old story of about 2,000 years. A little 2,000? A little over 2,000 years. And I, it's, uh, it's going to be centered in ancient Rome, which, to me, learning about ancient history, Rome was always my favorite. I'm mm-hmm. Italian. My last name is Italian. I've been to Italy was the first country I went to in Europe. We spent a lot of time there. My dad's whole side of the family is Italian. So there's this like this obsession that I've always had with Rome. And I honestly like in all the research and all the essays and classes I've taken on Rome, I've never really heard this story to the full magnitude. And that is the story of Spartacus. Oh, Spartacus. Do you know the story of Spartacus? Man, um, I could not recite it off the cuff. Okay. I mean, the name is obviously rings a bell, but yeah. not, I couldn't tell you. Well, the name rings a bell. He's a Spartan, right? So that's the thing, and that's what I always thought. Maybe that's why I didn't research this as much, but Spartacus was a Roman. He only is has the few letters Sparta in his name, 
he has n- is no way associated to the ancient Spartans. Right. He's a Roman. Well, kind of. He was born in a different place, but we're going to talk about how he ended up becoming basically a Roman. But yeah, that's kind of where we're at with this story. He's he's growing up, so we'll kind of dive into it, I guess. What he, was he famous? Wait, what was he famous for? Or we'll talk or about. Why do we? Okay, so okay. We'll, we'll we'll dive back. I want to talk a little bit about Rome at the time, just so everyone kind of knows what's going on. So he's got he's born um, about a hundred years before Christ. So this is right when, so 100 BC, this is right when the Roman Empire is on the verge of becoming huge. They've expanded, so if you think about Italy and Rome, they've expanded west towards parts of Spain, parts of southern France, they've moved north towards the Alps, they've moved east towards Greece, mm-hmm. and north of Greece, okay, kind of close to the Black Sea, if you know where the Black Sea is, right. present day Bulgaria. Yeah. That is where Spartacus was born, and... As Rome is expanding, there's this huge, huge push for an oligarchical society, which is basically like the rich dominate the society. Yeah. And in an oligarchical society, I'm not probably not even saying that right. Oligarchical. Oligarchical. I think it's (laughs) Yeah, it just gurgles in your throat. Oligarchical. Yeah. An oligarchy. Oligarchy. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of slaves. So, basically, a lot, a lot of the people on the exterior of the Roman Empire ended up becoming slaves in these places that were, like, taken over. Uh-huh. Where Spartacus was born is one of those places. So, he grows up, and he ends up becoming a slave, and then he's enlisted in the Roman army. Okay. Okay. Um, it's A lot of his early life is unclear, but moral of the story, he gets, he's in the Roman army. So, he's Bulgarian. Yes, so he's not truly Roman. The Romans have kind of just taken over where he's from. Yeah. So he's fighting for Rome. Eventually he decides, I don't want to fight for Rome anymore. So he leaves. He leaves his legion, his like core group of men that he fights with. He leaves. Uh-huh. And desertion is a huge punishable offense. So he is finally caught. He's brought back to Italy, south of Italy, around the Naples area. And he's brought to a place called Ludus. Which is Ludus. A, a gladiator school. Oh, he's a gladiator. Spartacus is a gladiator. He's a gladiator. And Wait, that's where this, his story truly begins. Is the movie The Gladiator based on Spartacus? Glad you bring that up. Very loosely, there's parts of it that isn't, but generally, yes. The movie Gladiator was okay. loosely based on Spartacus. All right. I it was actually based on the movie Spartacus. And I do have to say, I'm glad you brought it up. I was going to say it at the end. But Gladiator, the movie is probably in my top three favorite movies of all time. All right. Oh, absolutely. Russell Crowe delivers just a phenomenal performance. If you haven't seen it, I don't know. If you haven't seen it by now, I don't even know what you're doing. (laughs) It's an amazing movie. Um, But like I said, loosely based on that. So if you can kind of like get the tone of that movie. Yeah, I'm feeling the tone right now. Okay. His hand slowly running through the... The wheat. That's right. In the beginning, and like the girl singing, as his hand is like runs through the wheat. That's where we're at. Um, yeah. So anyway, Spartacus gets put in this gladiator school, and it's like obviously super strict. Um, they're on like a specific diet. Tra- diet. They have like specific training things that they have to do. They have to recite that they are burned, bound, beaded, or killed by the sword every day, and like they have to listen to their master. It's like super harsh. Right. Um, I think it's interesting, like, I've been to the Colosseum in Rome, it's like one of my favorite things I've ever seen. The Colosseum has always been something that I'm fascinated about, 
But then you look at, like, really what made up the Coliseum and what made up gladiators. They were, like, athletes. Oh, yeah. They were hardened, trained athletes. And they were, and they, exactly, they went through the specific diet, they were trained, mm-hmm. and they were, their purpose was to entertain. Well, I mean, what, what, do, what are sports figures now? Yeah. I mean, we're just paying them millions of dollars because we like to click the TV on and watch them entertain us yeah. with their athleticism. And we think, like, we, like, freak out about concussions. There's obviously, like, this huge thing in the NFL for concussions. Yeah. And, like, you look back 2,000 years at, like, Rome, which, like, defines society now. Uh-huh. Pushes up your glasses. <laughs> but it, they were, like, watching men kill each other in front of them. And, like, yeah. it was the most entertaining thing in the world. And well, that is. It's fascinating. I mean, there's nothing more entertaining than death. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And Honestly. The, the crowd had decision-making, too. The crowd could, you know, the the classic, put your thumbs up, he's dead, put your thumbs down, he's saved. That whole that whole thing. Like, came from the crowd. Like, the crowd decided sometimes if these men lived or died. They did? Yeah. What? Yeah. The Like, the crowd cheered, and that's why... In the movie Gladiator, the famous quote, Are you not entertained? Like, he, he's winning the crowd. And that's, like, the whole reason why in Gladiator he lives is because he wins the crowd. Because the crowd decided a lot of the times if you lived or died. Right. And it, it came back so much to the political time frame during Rome. Like, I wrote this down. Like, politicians would stage Gladiator games as, like, a political, like, Hey, vote for me. Like, can you imagine yeah. if our politicians did that today? <laughs> like, come show up for the, you know, the, the Trump gladiator battle. Right? Like, 2019. Let me entertain you for your vote. Yeah. But that happened. Like, that legitimately happened. Wow. Yeah. And it's crazy. And Spartacus, this guy, this, uh, at the time, gladiator, that's what he was thinking about, too. Maybe he was very progressive. <laughs> and he decided, like, this is wrong. I don't want to do this. Like, I'm going to revolt. So, uh-huh. he's obviously a great leader, that's why we're talking about him. He led 70 men in this very famous gladiator school to a revolt. And they grabbed kitchen knives, and they basically fought their way out of this gladiator school. Whoa. Yeah. Um, just rebellion. Yeah, just rebellion. They ended up, like, people say that they struck, like, a lot of luck when they ended up stealing one of the carts that had a lot of swords on them. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, they escaped. They're on the loose. Dang. I wonder if they escaped after they've gotten fully trained. So they were like, you know, they could handle <laughs> what was like going you, at them. Like you go to gladiator school, you get trained up. Right before your big fight, you just leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you like have all the skills you need to escape and survive. Um, so, yeah, at the time, Rome obviously learns about this. The Senate, like the famous, it's basically what we have now, the democracy the type that we have now. Um, they hear about it, and it says that they're kind of too busy dealing with other crap at the time, to deal with the... They called, like, a slave or the gladiator uprising. Uh They're like, ah, not a big deal. But that'll come back later. (laughs) Okay. Um, So anyway, after they escape, near Naples, Italy, um, is Mount Vesuvius. Mount Vesuvius, really famous for what happened to Pompeii. The city Mm -hmm. is Pompeii, very close to present-day Naples, and then Mount Vesuvius erupted and obviously destroyed Pompeii. That's where Spartacus goes as his, like, hideout with his escapees, the guys he escaped with, they uh-huh. go to the top of Mount Vesuvius and they kind of camp out there. Okay. Um, obviously Rome sends, it's like the equivalent of like the police. 
So if we had something crazy like this happen in America, which obviously we don't because we don't send have the gladiators, <laughs> you send the cops. Yeah. So you get the cops, they're at the base of the mountain, and not to disrespect cops, but <laughs> the prisoners got away because they didn't send the full... They didn't send the full deal yet. Right. The cops, Romans, like I said, the Romans are dealing with other stuff. Gladiators versus cops. I get the picture. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like your classic like story of they escape in, at the nighttime. The, the the Roman cops are distracted. They rappel down from Mount Vesuvius with some grapevines and other mm-hmm. vines, and they basically escape. They end up. I read like contradicting things that they attacked the police. Others that say that they just escaped. But anyway, they're, like, again, on the loose. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine something like that happening <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't find him, Caesar. Sorry. Wait, no, this is way before. Wait, Caesar. Sorry, that was totally not Rome. <laughs> Caesar? Caesar. Caesar was Rome. But, well, when was Caesar? After this. Okay. Yeah, wow, after this. Like, probably 200 years after this. Okay, yeah. all right. I guess actually like a hundred, a hundred years after. So this. right frame ish. Ish, yeah, about that time. Who was the Roman emperor at that time? Fact check. Damn. I honestly <laughs> didn't write down a ton of names because this story has a lot of names, but yeah, I don't know if people remember names. Just Meh. people remember Spartacus. Spartacus. That's the only important name here. But what I what I kind of compare this to is like O.J. Simpson's car, like driving away and there's like the famous video of the bronco driving away from the police right that's like honestly kind of what this is like (laughs) oj simpson an athlete that committed a crime and like was on the loose dissimilar to oj simpson a lot of people got behind spartacus yeah and a lot of people were like yeah like a lot of the people in rome were enslaved and they saw this as an opportunity to escape that enslavement and they're like as as Spartacus went from all these towns to all these towns, he gained support, and he gained a following. And at its max, he had 120,000 people with him. Whoa. That's huge. That's a shit ton of people. That's huge. Dang. They ended up, they, like, ambushed certain, like, palaces of certain famous leaders. Like, it was well, it's well known that they use, like, guerrilla warfare, like, some really, like, dirty tactics to, uh-huh. like, win a lot of these little towns and eventually Rome obviously had to start paying attention. Um, Mm. so they, um, let's see, Rome sends two legions and it's like Roman legions. That's like a very famous term. It's 6,000 guys. So quite a few, um, but two like very well-trained legions. And this is in 72 BC that these events are taking place. Anyway, the, the rebels led by Spartacus, they win, they beat, they completely defeat two legions pretty close to present-day Rome, like, almost right outside of the capital. Mm-hmm. They defeat two whole legions. Um, and this is kind of ironic, and I think it's kind of crazy. During that battle with those two legions, Spartacus lost, like, his lieutenant and, like, his best friend. Mm-hmm. So the Romans that he captured, guess what he made them do? Be slaves? Close. Kind of, at the time. If be you're his a best sh- friend? <laughs> you forced to be my friend. <laughs> you killed my best friend, so I'm going to make you talk to me. <laughs> no, but he made the Romans fight each other like gladiators. Oh, wow. Yeah, like how twisted. Oh, man. How crazy that is that? That is twisted. That's like, yeah. Yeah. That's some, like, Robin Hood gladiator. <laughs> Absolutely. <stuff. laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so after they make that initial defeat... They gain, like I said, they're gaining so many people. There's, there was kind of a split in decision about what they should do. Should they continue north to the Alps and escape Roman rule, 
Or should they, like, make a siege on Rome and try to, like, reform things on a bigger level? Because, you know, a lot of people don't know what Spartacus's moment, motives were, mm. but I have to believe that part of what he was doing this for is to try to make reform and try to make things different. You know, like... Right. Yeah, well, absolutely. Slavery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, obviously slavery is wrong. I mean, he was a product of, like, the Romans, you know, kind of aggression and insensitivity. Yeah. So he wants to change that. So I'm torn. What do you think he wanted to do? Do you, would, like, if you were him, you have this massive following, you just defeated the Roman army. Do you push north and go home? Or do you just try to just full send it and go attack the capital? Like, you would just send it, you know? I think that at once you're in that kind of, like, political, once you're in that place of, like, actually getting some traction, you just have to go for it. Yeah. Even if you're a martyr, you just have to go for it. Yeah. And, I mean, that's kind of what they did. They didn't, let me make this clear, they didn't directly attack Rome. But they ended up, like, instead of going north, they went further south. And I think part of it was, like like I said, some some conflict between leaders and maybe, like, because Spartacus wanted to hear what people had to say, so maybe there was some conflict, like, should we stay, should we go? They end up, like, going south again, past Rome, towards, like, the toe of the boot of Italy. Uh Uh-huh. And that's where they were, like, trying to, like, make a final escape, is south. Where are they going to go? Where are they going to escape to? You know, there's, like, other well-established Roman places. Um, I actually read that they were trying to go to Sicily, which is a little, like, what what Italy is kicking. And they were going to try to leave a slave revolt there, because there, there actually had been slave revolts before. This was the third big slave revolt, but this was the, excuse me, this was the first one that happened in Italy. Uh-huh. But there was actually a slave revolt in Sicily before. Okay. So he was trying to get with those people, trying to make something a little stronger. Right. Would, okay. be, would be my assumption. Um, but by this time, Rome has defeated who they were fighting before, and they're like, okay, like we got a really big problem. The local PD is not going to do much about it. <laughs> Let's get the army down there and uh-huh. get rid of this Spartacus guy and his followers. Um, so again, this is, if you're thinking about where this is, right in the toe of the boot. Okay. Um, like, long story short, there's a lot of, like, little things about this story here and there. But long story short, like, the they kind of spread themselves too thin. Spartacus and his men spread themselves too thin. They ended up getting abandoned by these other people that were going to come help them. And they end up, like, making their last stand against the Romans in, like, one monumental battle. Uh-huh. Um, Spartacus is noted as doing this. He, like, he calls his horse, like, send me my horse. The horse comes running and takes his sword out and he kills the horse in front of all of his men. And that was like his moment of being like, we're going to stick this out. Like we're going to fight to the death against the Romans. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. He kills his horse? Yeah. Just kills his horse and says, like, we're not going to run. We're going to stay here and fight it out. Man. Yeah. And like, I have to think of like movie moments like that. You know, like when Russell Crowe spoiler alert close your ears if you haven't heard gladiator <laughs> but he dies at the end in the coliseum yeah fighting like fighting that like oh like in that last moment and the leader of the romans is who spartacus was chasing and i have to imagine like this like culminating scene in the movie where spartacus is like just cutting down like men as he charges towards the leader the roman leader on the horse yeah. and just like jumps and, like, just barely misses as he's just getting hacked down by, like, 30 dudes. <laughs> wow. So that's where he dies. 
And he's just done. That's, yeah, and he's just done. That just ends a revolt, right? And there. that ends a revolt. They they crucified six thousand people along one of like the major highways of ancient Rome. Six thousand people in a line on the road. Whoa. Yeah. Is that crazy? That is nuts. Yeah. So that's the story of Spartacus. And Man, I mean, it's so sad that he like just died <laughs> i mean i have to imagine like that was the only way for him to go yeah he kind of had to i mean it is either that or like overthrow rome which yeah. he probably knew was like an impossible task yeah but like Anyways. he made his statement in history yeah oh and, like, absolutely you know he's really famous and it's kind of interesting he's very famous across a lot of communist cultures like uh-huh. karl marx said he was the most amazing historical figure Obviously, huh. we know Karl Marx. Why Karl is that? Marx's. Why is that communism tie? What's I that? think just like part of where he was born, part of he where he was born, present day Serbia. That used to be the the USSR, very right. communist influenced area, very close to Ukraine. Um, I think just part of where he was born is part of that. I think also just like you know rebelling against the rich, like yeah, the the lower class uh-huh. rebelling up up against the the wealthy class, and that's a very big symbolism in, in communism uh-huh. as well. So, you know, like, a lot of teams in in football, like soccer, European soccer, like Spartak Moscow is, like, a very famous team in Moscow, and it has his name, Sparta, in it. Uh-huh. And it doesn't refer to Sparta in Greece, it refers to him. To Spartacus. To Spartacus. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of other football teams that are named after him as well right. in that part of the world. I just cannot even imagine, like, the, just the kind of person he, he must have been intense. Oh yeah, you know, just like an incredibly intense person to be around. Yeah, I, I I couldn't even imagine ever doing something like remotely close to that. And he had to be willing to like wager his life at any moment, right? Well, he was willing to be a martyr. I yeah, mean, he was. He was. He was a martyr. You know, for that cause. Yeah, and he yeah, and like what he what he generated, I did not know. I did not know that this there was this up this uproar of 120,000 people, which is quite a few. Mm-hmm. Like he had women, children, workers, like following him in the middle of ancient Rome, uh-huh. and to like be a revolt like that. I and I just was fascinating because I had never heard that story. Man, and you think about ancient Rome, like conquered so much territory and governed so well, and, and one of their slaves caused this yeah. huge uproar. So my question has to be, obviously I love ancient Rome and I'll never not love it, but the more you think about it, the more like just how dark it is, starting with the Colosseum, mm-hmm. how dark that history is, but also just looking like, who were the ones that wrote the history? It was the rich. Mm-hmm. It was this olig- olig- oligarchy. 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 This oligarchical. <laughs> no, it was the rich class. It was the upper class. They were the ones writing the stories. They were the ones telling the... The tales, they're the ones saying, like, this is what ancient Rome is. Mm -hmm. But to hear it and to see what this man did because of it, I think, is an incredible story. Well, I think you're right. I mean, winners tell history. You know, like, losers don't tell history. Winners tell history. Yeah. And I I think that's true today, you know. Like Donald Trump, that he'll he'll be remembered. Mm -hmm. Will we be remembered? (laughs) Maybe if you share this podcast. <laughs> but that's a sad thing. <laughs> but it, 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 it is so true, though. Yeah, you know, um, you don't hear that like losing side that often. You really don't. And just like, the that, fear yeah. that I mean, I think plenty of governments do that now today too. Is mm-hmm. just that um, 
that leveraging of fear mm-hmm. over citizens, whether yeah. it's like watching gladiators and like, man, I don't want to be one of those guys. Yeah. Or crucifying 6,000 people on the side of the road. You know, they, they are using fear in their favor. Absolutely. How the U.S. goes into that. I mean, that's, man, that's a podcast. That's a that's whole, a whole other, other podcast. podcast. But what's, what I will leave you and whoever's listening to this, it's psychological. That's what's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's not visual. That's what it used to be is visual. Like right. you're talking about gladiators fighting in the Coliseum. Yeah. You know, you're visually seeing the impact of ancient Rome. Now it's so much more like just embedded and just like deep within the fabric of our society. Oh yeah. T V. The control. Oh man. That like Crazy. you said, that's a whole nother can. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's the story. And Dude, that was, is awesome. Spartacus. I was glad I could share it because just the Coliseum is amazing. Yeah. I mean and, and just how gladiators. many people did that Coliseum sit? 50,000 people. 50,000? They used to fill it with water. They fought boats in there. Uh, it had an awning, basically like a retractable roof. It had mazes at the bottom. It was the most incredible thing. I, in my opinion, the, one of the most incredible things that humans have ever built. That must have been expensive to I go can't, watch I, the imagine, gladiator battles. Oh, well, yeah, it's just the, it's the, it's the olig- oligarchy class. <laughs> the, the goggle. The goggle class. Like, goggle. <laughs> Class. But they're yeah, they're the ones going to it. They're the ones watching those things. Right. But yeah. It's like the Super Bowl. It is like the Super Bowl. I mean that's a more intense Super Bowl. Yeah. But also you have like the equivalent of preseason games in the Coliseum too. But then you have like the main event. Right. But I mean yeah. to be honest, I mean this is kind of dark, but if they like Las Vegas came out and like through the and on the underground, not like in the mass media, mm-hmm. like marketed like, yeah, we're gonna have two these two like really athletic dudes fight to the death at the Bellagio, mm-hmm. you know, tickets, 50 grand a piece, that show would sell out in hours. Absolutely. Maybe even minutes. Absolutely. No, I, I, I couldn't I mean, agree it, it, couldn't be, it couldn't be broadcasted on the, on the, you know, but it, it's the same reason why, like, people love horror movies. Mm-hmm. It's like that, like, death is, like, tantalizing yeah. and exciting. Well, that's why people like boxing and UFC. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, like, it's the closest you can get to it. Right, they're they're appropriate for like what we consider appropriate now. But mm-hmm. like, if it came down to it, like if we marketed gladiating, yeah. gladiator fights, yeah, like you would get rich. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I I have to plug it real quick because it honestly like partly gave me the idea for this podcast. But Dan Harmon's hardcore history. Uh-huh. Which is he goes super in depth, super historically in depth. So if you're looking for something a little more contenty, <laughs> go for it. Dan Harmon. He does an incredible job. Um, Dan Carlin. Dan Harmon does a Rick and Morty. Yes, Sorry. that's right. Dan Carlin. He does. Was that a firework or a gunshot? <laughs> that sounded like uh, that could have. I mean, if that was a gun, it was a cannon. <laughs> So it was either a cannon or a very large tire bursting, Yeah, is my guess. Well, the happenings in page episode <laughs> yeah. right now. Anyway, real quick, sorry. The cats are gone, but the cannons are here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to Paige. <laughs> uh, but yeah, check out, he did a great podcast on just like the, how crazy it was in those coliseums and just like the psychological backing. This is more of like a historical psychological, excuse me, thing. So check that out. Also, I have to say, I got a lot of this information from a great Ted Ed video on YouTube about Spartacus. Cool. So Thanks, Ted. Ted Ed makes great videos. Go Always check great. them out. All right. Cool. Sweet. Ooh, well, that was a hefty one. That was hefty. And you know, um, I'm going to light it up a little bit. All right. Cool, man. Sweet. Well, here we go. All right, Ryan. Well, 
I had... I'm having a dilemma. I can see it, because normally yeah. we each have... What's the measurements on this again? Um, a 3 by 5 note index card? Probably 3 by 5 yeah. 3 by 5 3 by 5 3 by 6 Note card, yeah. 3 by 6 And I rarely fill one up. Yeah. I usually... I write big. You write a lot smaller than I do. I do. I use two lines of words per like, line <laughs> given. <laughs> I sometimes double that, honestly. Yeah. Quadruple that. But you got... There I have three. I honestly have six. I have one more <laughs> in my bag because I was so torn on like what to talk about. Yeah, you so, just got a lot of a lot of ideas, dude. I got a I lot of stuff. It. In um, <laughs> just scanning back and my forth. My <laughs> first idea was, which I'm not gonna do because okay. it wasn't much of a story. Was, um, Camazots. Never heard that word. Okay, he's like a Mayan mythological. Oh, I love that. He's basically like why we have Batman. He he could be like who Batman was inspired by. Are you kidding? Okay, and then my second (laughs) idea was a mystery that I might do later. Okay. Um, but just think out loud for us. I think (laughs) I think I'm gonna go for like the most basic and. Honestly, like, the one that's closest to home for me. So that's the story I'm going to tell you. I don't get to hear the Batman story? You don't. No. Dang. You get to hear about cereal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just lost a ton of listeners on this podcast. <laughs> but, dude, it's actually, like, pretty wild. Like, you can, No, I, I'm... I you was, love cereal. This... Dude, I had... Last night... You know what inspired this? Is, like, last night, it was, like, 9, which is, like, late for me. <laughs> and I couldn't sleep, so like I woke up and I just poured myself a massive bowl of life and just chow down, and it was great. It was like, man, I love cereal, and it got me thinking. I was like, damn, cereal. That, that's been a huge part of my existence since I was just a wee child. All right. So, like, how many? You were you were a kid. Oh yeah. Did you eat cereal for breakfast? Well, I have to. I have to mentally put. Batman to bed for a minute. <laughs> okay. Put Batman to bed. I'll put Batman to bed. We'll come back to him. There wasn't much information on, like, if Batman was... Oh. You know, that's why I kind of dropped right. it. Fair it was, enough. It was, it was, like, so loose. Well, I am interested to hear that story at some point. But cereal sounds very interesting. It I is. mean, I'm trying to think, like, my first bowl of cereal. It had to have been Cheerios. I actually, Probably. like... I have a special connection to Cheerios. I feel like you kind of developed those special connections to cereal. Right. Are you I mean, get that? I remember when I like when I was a kid, um, like my mom would make breakfast like on the weekends for yeah. sure. Maybe once during the week. Okay. If we were lucky, but otherwise I was eating cereal. Like I remember just rolling out of bed and that was the first <laughs> thing I did was I went and got one of these like kind of maroonish plastic bowls from the fridge, yeah. poured myself a bowl of whatever. Usually it's probably cocoa pebbles. That was my favorite. Yeah. Maybe fruity pebbles. Maybe something healthier if my yeah. mom was trying to get us to stop eating so much sugar. Yeah. I would just eat cereal. Uh-huh. Um, and what I was thinking about then, too, is like, cereal is pretty damn American. Like, there's you love not America. Many, <laughs> I do love America, but you don't, you don't really go many places, and um, cereal is, yeah. like, common. Like, I can think of places that I've traveled, sure. and you don't really, like, talk to um, too many people from abroad, and they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, cereal's like a staple of my life. You're right. And, I mean, like, think about the cereal aisle at the local grocery oh, store dude. here. It's, like, a it's mile long. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's probably one of the most popular aisles. 
And then I was thinking... You're right. Holy, there's a ton of cereal. Yeah. You're right. Holy cow. And then oh I was God. thinking, like, back to my Swimming Pools podcast. <laughs> I think it was, like, episode two. Yeah. Um, maybe, like, cereal has kind of reflected the changes in America over time. Hmm. And what I found was that's totally true. It has. Yeah. Like you, you can kind of trace, like, what's going on in American society with what's going on... With cereal. In the cereal aisle. Okay. See, I think we co- we contrast each other so well. We do because I'll go the like more historic route, and you'll go and you'll go serial. <laughs> then expands like I start, no, it, it, but it, like, like it makes me think of so many things. Yeah, yeah. Like, it starts on like a pinpoint, and then it's like expands. Yeah. So I think what I'm gonna kind of do is I'm gonna kind of give you for this actually. <laughs> I'm gonna give you some like eras of serial. Okay. And see if you can kind of see like the connection that's happening. Okay. Okay. Um, so, first off, we're going to start at the basics of cereal. Okay. The, the, the beginnings, not the basics, the beginnings. Milk. Way back in 1863. <laughs> right. Okay. So this guy named James Caleb Jackson, who's, um, religiously very conservative. He's also a vegetarian. Okay. Okay. He's a vegetarian. Um, but not a vegan. Not a vegan. Not only that existed yet. Okay. Um. <laughs> But he figures out a way to make, using graham flour dough, drying it out, cutting into chunks, mm-hmm. like essentially what's the first cereal. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, though, it was so hard mm-hmm. that he had to soak it overnight. Okay? In milk? In milk, of course. And he, wow. in the morning. Okay, okay. So he's a vegetarian. He has this. Um, Dude, unpopular opinion, I love soggy cereal. Oh, yeah, me too. Okay, good. Yeah, I used to like submerge mine for minutes before even... <laughs> Putting a spoon to it. But not the night before. Not the night before. No. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Too much time. Okay. So then just after that, still in the 1860s, um, this guy named John Kellogg. You mm-hmm. might recognize that last name. I was literally just thinking of Kellogg. Of course. Okay. Yeah. At the time, Kellogg is a surgeon. He's also, he has a side business. He owns a health spa. Okay. Okay. Um, he makes his own version of this overnight milk-saturated um, substance, mm-hmm. and he calls it granola. You see the connection there between these two guys? What's the connection? Is granola cereal? Sorry. Technically, I mean, you could call it a cereal. I'm I'm just using, like, uh, solids submerged in milk (laughs) for breakfast as my definition for cereal. Okay. Okay. All right. What's your question again? But they're both, like, what do they both have in common? we got a vegetarian. This guy owns a health spa. Like, just this push to be healthy. They're these health nuts. Right. They're kind of like these healthy dudes. Wait, what year was this? Um, in the 1860s. Okay. This was a very big time yeah. for, um, this was one of those times, kind of like, you could all, almost argue today, too. Yeah. Um, maybe more like the early 2000s, like this health push. Yeah. Same thing. And okay. that's how cereal was originally invented, was like this kind of health food. Yeah. Um, and that's how it was, like, marketed. Oh, yeah. It very much reflects the time, like, right before industrialization. Correct. Really hit. Right. Yeah. Like, a lot of societies were experiencing that, like. Yeah. Well, at the time, like in America, yeah. like we're, we're getting wealthier, um, Americans have like a very high protein diet, mm-hmm. um, which is causing an older age, like yeah. digestive problems. So having a substitute for that, yeah. um, something softer, more grainy, mm-hmm. easier to, to digest was, yeah. was, was marketable. Hmm. Um, well, and easier to ship, easier to like, you know, you don't have to refrigerate it. Right. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was right around the time of world or the Civil War. Exactly. So and that's send it the, around. the Civil War. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's when, I mean, you look at, like, what those guys were eating this Civil War. It was, like, all meat, eggs. Yeah. Big, you know, it was very much, like, protein-based. There wasn't mm-hmm. this whole... It, it, it was around that time that doctors started realizing, like, oh, these digestive issues, these yeah. issues might be due to diet. Yeah. And so this was a good alternative. Huh. Well, smart. Right. Yeah. And so then in the 1900s is when, um, that's when cereal starts changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you're going to kind of, you're, you're going to get the idea where this is going. So Kellogg and his brother, they Kellogg cereals. We mm-hmm. still have them. That's who these guys are. Um, they invent cornflakes. Okay. Okay. Wow, cornflakes have been around that long. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they had cornflakes. Well, it wasn't selling super good, so they added sugar to the cornflakes. Mm. And then they decided to stick a prize buried oh. in the cornflakes. There you go. In the box. you got to work your way through them. They do. I mean, who wants the prize? Does mom or dad want the prize? No. The kids no. want the prize. The kids do. And that's the shift in sugar cereal. This is, and this is, and this is really one of the first. I mean, you could argue that cereal is one of the first um, major marketing campaigns yeah. geared directly towards children. Yeah. Well, walk in, walk into your local supermarket. Mm-hmm. Just take a step back, like so. The cereal aisles in front of you. Take a step back. Notice where the sugar cereal is. It is at eye level for a child. And that's fascinating because normally, like, eye-level shelves are, like, the highest, like, worth the most for brands mm-hmm. selling whatever the hell. Yeah. But for in, the, in the cereal aisle, the sugar cereal is right there. At, no, at it's low. Level. It's, like, yeah. at your hip. Yep. Or your belly button. Yeah. That's where they want huh. the eyes to be. Yeah. Right. So, cereal's catching some, it's definitely making some traction. And then Quaker, another very familiar brand, mm-hmm. um, has this new... Um, they, they get a hold of this technology that they're able to like basically make rice explode <laughs> puffed rice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You think of rice krispies. Is um, that exploded? Is that really what they do? Pretty much. I mean, they're, they're basically like heating it to the point where it, um, like pops like huh. popcorn. That's what rice, like rice krispies are. So if I put <laughs> a bag of rice in, in the, the microwave, mo- you get rice krispies. I get popcorn. Oh. <laughs> don't try that at home <laughs> but it, you know i'm sure it's like pressure or something i didn't know that that's essentially what it is though um but it was such a big breakthrough that quaker oats that they had found the eighth wonder of the world and that was finding out how to pop wheat and pop rice to make to make cereals well so moving forward um <laughs> the wonder of the world now i think what, what's interesting is we still have like one we have one cereal that's like always been like, oh, eat this cereal and you will be the best. Wheaties. Wheaties. You got it. Yeah. And that was in the 1920s. Yeah. It started um, then. It was. Yeah, Wheaties in the 1920s. And it was, uh, it started actually just for a minor league baseball team in Minnesota. <laughs> really? Their billboard yeah. said Wheaties, the be- breakfast of champions with like whatever that team's logo was. Yeah. At the bottom. Uh-huh. Um, but they just carried that. They ran with it. And oh, got man, that was a huge deal. To be an athlete on Wheaties was huge. <clears throat> oh, dude, my buddy Ben got his, like, uh, I mean, it was big to get on the box, but he got, like, a magnet from Wheaties. Really? Like, with his picture on it. Shout out. I love Ben. Shout yeah, out to Ben. Yeah, Ben's man. He's an athlete, too. That's amazing. He athlete. got on Wheaties. Well, he wasn't on the box. Like but I said, they sent him a magnet. With that. So, well, like, Ben, Wheaties. keep, keep ben. working. Get yourself on the box. Yeah, come on, Ben. I, do they still do that? 
Because I know it was uh, a lot. It was popular a long time ago, 60s, 70s. I feel like the times I've seen Wheaties now, they're more professional athletes. Yeah. Which makes sense because kids now are so into sports. Yeah. Um, also much sugar more cereal. <laughs> in tune. Yeah, and sugar cereal. Yeah. Of course. But that, no, that was a huge deal, though, to be on the, the Wheaties box. Oh, yeah. It was like the, the equivalent now of like being on the cover of the video game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Dang crazy. Right. So that happens. Um, and where, where am I? Oh, Cheerios. You mentioned Cheerios. Dude. Quick play of Cheerios. 1940s. That's okay. when Cheerios came about. Cool. Um, they were originally Cheery Oats. Yeah. Changed their name to Cheerios. Cool. And they quickly became the best-selling brand of cereal. Yeah. Um, I, that's my favorite. I was having a hard time kind of figuring out, you know, exactly, like, why this was happening at that time. Mm. Um, but I know that a big part of it was just... Um, the radio ads, TV, because mm-hmm. you, you look at like the 1930s and 1940s. That was when radio and television became very accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably these companies like the Cheerios, who were able to get into that market, yeah. advertise on radio, advertise on TV, mm-hmm. were getting yeah some traction. Yeah. So wait, while, while I'm thinking about that, um, this is now illegal. But during the in the between the forties and nineteen sixties, if you watch like a kids show, yeah. so say you're watching, I can't think of one. I'm gonna say Dora the Explorer. Okay. Okay. Just for let's like, get them boots. This is in the forties and yeah, go go get them boots. Go get Tony the Tiger. Bridge <laughs> <laughs> River Grandma. I think house. his name is Swiper. No swiping. Oh God, yes. Yeah, Tony the Tiger. You're just on the cereal kick. I'm on the cereal. Sorry, you're right. It's Swiper. <laughs> So what would happen, and this is now banned, is that if you're watching Dora the Explorer, during the commercial break, Dora would come back on screen in one of these cereal ads. Wow. And she'd be like, when I eat cereal, I only eat Frosted Flakes. And she'd eat the Frosted Flakes. God. And you can't so, do that now. You're right. You can't Oh, do no, that you can't. And it, it later became illegal to yeah. have a character in a children's TV show appear at all. During the commercial break. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? Like, I'm trying. Like SpongeBob comes out with a box of Cheerios. I wouldn't ever buy any cereal ever again except Cheerios. No, no, because now not only are kids like watching the show, loving the show, they see like a product that this character likes. They love the character, and they they they're gonna demand that. You talk about the United States like really target marketing. Yeah, that's one example. Just targeting kids, children. Oh, right. Not like. Starts at such a young age, and they're going to buy Cheerios mm-hmm. for the rest of their life if they watch SpongeBob or Dora the Explorer eat them. Exactly. Wow. And as you know, honestly, like cereal, it was a lot to blame for how like children's advertising is regulated mm-hmm. um, because they were just pushing kids these sh- sugary cereals. Yeah. That they taste good. Their favorite characters on them. Yeah. Well, you I know. mean, that's why they have cartoon characters. Like, right. You know, the Lucky Charms guy. The Fruity Loops guy. Exactly. Do you remember Tony oh, the Tiger? Shit. What was Captain his name? Crunch. Do you remember the Cinnamon Apple brand? Oh, and the it was Cinnamon. Like the Cinnamon and the, the Apple, and, and they they ran around and they chased yeah, each other. The cinnamon <laughs> is the Winamon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Hilarious. And oh, around man. Halloween, you have Count Chocula, <laughs> Boo Berries. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Do the Cinnamon Toast Crunch guys where they eat each other? Yeah, I know. They, it, That's my go-to sugar cereal. <laughs> oh, dude, Lauren loves cinnamon toast. Crunch. I love the cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, 
I love my, Fruity Pebbles. See, man. my mom never bought sugar cereal. So uh, that one time every couple months where we got a box. Right. I, I mean, shoot, I'm down there at 9.45 p.m. as an eight-year-old just pouring myself a, a bowl oh, of cereal. Yeah, just exactly. rifling through it and going back to bed. <laughs> yeah. It, it became a treat, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was in um, the 1950s was when really um, sugary cereals became super popular. That's when we got mm-hmm. Frosted Flakes. Tony the Tiger mm-hmm. was all over the boxes, all over the TV. Um, Captain Crunch also. And they, they're teaching you life lessons out there. Exactly. <laughs> right. And also, I mean, so a little a little after that also during this time is they, they start using like uh, famous people mm-hmm. to have their own cereals. Especially in the 80s, you see, like, Mr. T has his own cereal. <laughs> Donkey Kong is now endorsing a cereal. Oh, Smurfs wow. have a cereal. Cabbage Patch Kids have their own cereal. So they're they're realizing, like, okay, wow. kids like these figures, yeah. these people. Um, let's put a sugary cereal to their name. Let's huh. make it sell. <laughs> why, did sh- why did cereal get so attached to kids, though? Just the sugar in there? Because, I mean, you can put sugar in a lot of things. Right, I think, I think it just wasn't that, because uh, the adults are eating. I was having teach. a hard time trying to figure that out. Like, why exactly it got yeah. geared towards kids? I, I want to talk about that. Yeah, there wasn't like a, there wasn't like a solid reason. I think, yeah. um, to be honest, I think what a, a part of it was they they marketed as like this health food. Mm-hmm. Health foods taste like shit. Yeah, I'm sorry, but any health nut out there, like your foods taste crappier than yeah, normal. Sorry, normal foods. So it wasn't selling that great. Yeah, they put sugar on it. Yeah, um, try to make it taste better. Mm-hmm. Adults kind of probably don't really care because yeah. they're like, well, if I want a health food, I'm gonna eat a health food. I don't want this sugary filled crap. Yeah, and if you want that sugary filled crap, you're gonna eat what you want to eat regardless. Yeah, kids like you know more bland diets, and these are very bland foods. That's what I was gonna say. It's just a simpler palate. It's very simple. Yeah, simple palate, sweet. Milk, yeah, some crunch. Um, I think it's just like the like cereal was like searching for its niche and just like mm-hmm. found its niche once, um, you know, once the the sugary yeah foods were created. Well, that's what that's exactly what I was gonna say. It's just a simple palate. Like kids aren't yeah. able to truly understand a quiche, <laughs> right? That's what the adults are eating for breakfast. Yeah, but they the kid, you just you just pour the kids a box of sugar cereal. They're at least they're at least drinking milk. <laughs> yeah, they you weren't going to enjoy it. Right? They're getting their greens for the day. Exactly. But so yeah, so in, in just like kind of looking back, we went through like this marketed as a health food cereal, right? Mm-hmm. To this push for kids, very sugary, and like the heyday of sugary coming in like the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties, where all the sh- all the cereal being really making it big is healthy mm-hmm. and then what happens is and this is a question where we we, we have to go back to is just like this idea of obesity in america when it really yeah. started taking root but in the 90s is when these healthier cereals start to make a comeback yeah and we have companies like kashi um that starts up and a few other like small companies that end up getting bought by these larger companies like kellogg mm-hmm. and quaker um to market these these healthier cereals, yeah, and that's kind of the phase we're in right now, where even though we still have those sugary cereals, a yeah, lot of they're not doing cereals as well. that are marketing to kids are also saying we are yeah. whole grain, we are non-GMO, yeah. we are no added sugar. Yeah. So what I kind of think what what I was thinking I was like looking at this is just that big wave we've gone through, mm-hmm. 
you think at the bottom, like, healthy mm. food, right? Go through this big wave of, like, sugary cereals. Get yeah. these kids sugared up, sell all the sugar we can. Boom, back down to, like, okay, we need to be healthy again. Well, and then it just goes right And that back wave up. is probably just going to come right back up. Yeah. And there's going to come a point where, like, maybe health is not important anymore, and we're just like, mm-hmm. shoot, yeah, cereal's cheap. Let's just pump this sugary crap yeah. down our kids' throats. Yeah. It's just constantly a pendulum back and forth. Yeah. You know? right. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at, like I said, man, I, my mom never bought sugar cereal because that was just, like, you start your day off with a box of Lucky Charms. Like, you're eating marshmallows soaked in milk. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not healthy for anybody. Like, I but mean... But boy, does it get you going. I know, it man. does. It does. It does. They give they give the kids in our school cereal every morning. They get Lucky Charms sometimes. Sometimes. You're right, they do. There's been a big push, though, not yeah. to do that. Yeah. But, yeah, I do. It's, like, crazy, like, eating something so basic as cereal, but, like... I have so many just like memories of cereal, like waiting for the waiting for the cinnamon mm-hmm. toast crunch, going right. home late at night, stealing a box. And now it's, I mean, I rarely eat cereal for breakfast. It's yeah. like a nighttime snack. Yeah. Like honestly, I I would, I would bet you a dollar that I'm gonna go home after this podcast and eat a bowl of cereal. Yeah. Because it just sounds good. It's like a treat, you know. So let me tell you something that I do. This is kind of weird. <laughs> you tell me what you think about this. This starts with my grandma. Shout out to my grandma. What we would do, we'd go over to her house, and when we would leave, it was, like, not even a far drive. Like, maybe 25 minutes. Like, not even very far. Very far. But to a kid, that seemed like, like, oh, crap, we're going to grandma's house. And, you know, living uh-huh. in the suburbs, everything's super close. So you're driving to grandma's, it's a little far away. She would give us a Ziploc baggie full of just plain old Cheerios for the ride home. And, like, I would just sit there and just, like, go through an entire Ziploc bag full of just regular old Cheerios and just, like, eat them. Like yeah. the whole drive home, and like still to this day, she'll just send me she'll send me Cheerios, and it makes me think of my grandma. And I will literally sit them at night uh-huh. and just eat just regular old Cheerios without any milk, <laughs> right? Just like down Cheerios, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it brings up like special moments. Sure. Cereal, man, yeah. it's like a huge part of especially our. I mean, any every generation on Earth now, you know. Yeah, my grandfather has eaten two bowls of Cheerios. For breakfast, like every day since, yeah, forever. Yeah, <laughs> he still does. Wakes up and Cheerios. It's just, I have a question: Is oatmeal and Cheerios like the same thing? Are they in the same group? Oh, what are Cheerios? Um, I mean, oatmeal and just cereal. Cheerios are. I mean, Cheerios are oats. Okay, so they're like puffed oats. Okay, I guess. But what? Like, but there's like different. Oatmeal. Like, what's oatmeal? Where would oatmeal you categorize oatmeal? Oats. Okay, I would say oatmeal is. I mean, but that's like, like heated raw up. Different. food. Yeah. And that's, like, mixed with water. Hmm. That's a good question. I would say oatmeal's a cereal, though. Okay. Honestly. Because, like, muesli is a cereal. It's a hot... That's a hot conversation right there. That hot is. That is. <laughs> Email us your thoughts. Yeah, but you have, like, oats, you have rice, mm-hmm. and wheat. Um, those are kind of, like, the big... How you make cereal. Yeah. <laughs> Just something liquid and something grainy. That's right. <laughs> Just toss it together. If it's liquid, eat it for breakfast, and it's submerging something solid. Yeah. Cereal. Cereal. I want to try that cereal. original cereal. It was yeah, like so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Where it had to soak overnight. It was probably gross. I have to feel the majority of people don't like soggy cereal. Man, I don't know. Like a, a good soggy rice check? Mm. I like soggy cereal. Like soggy yeah. fruit pebbles? Mm. 
Don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> oh, we might have to go buy some fruity pebbles. <laughs> oh, man, and you're going to go eat the whole box tonight. So then here's a question. What is your go-to cereal now? Still a cinnamon toast crunch? I mean, to be honest with you, I can't tell you the last time I bought cereal. My grandma sends me the Cheerios. I do occasionally buy rice checks, and then I make puppy chow out of it. Mm-hmm. But I really don't ever, like, buy just regular old cereal just to have. I'm honestly, I don't eat breakfast hardly ever. If I do, oh, okay. it's at school when there's just, like, a banana. Right. Or a muffin. I gotcha. But I'm not a huge breakfast. Partly because I'm not a morning person. <laughs> I figure I'm not there mentally. I don't feed myself. <laughs> that is fair. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm a little embarrassed to say, but what's my, your go-to, my, yeah? like, my favorite cereal is... um. Special K Red Berries, which if you go in the cereal aisle, it, like cereal aisle, it is a cereal solely marketed towards women. To women, <laughs> it's like this pink stripe going yeah. down, and it's like in the shape of an hourglass, <laughs> like the shape that all women want to be. It's like it, it's a woman's cereal, but God, it's so good. Just like these sweet flakes, yeah. like strawberries. Man, it's good. <laughs> I, I bought it. Life because I had to go grocery shopping yeah. yesterday, and I didn't. I was kind of, there's a lot of women in the aisle, and I don't want to be seen grabbing that, so I was like, ugh, I'll just get life. It's not as good. Dang. That's my go-to, man. got to feel confident in your cereal bag. I know, but God is just like, make a blue box for me. <laughs> Special K, I'm begging you. Maybe if Special they K, a... man berries. <laughs> Maybe if they put a prize in there for you. Maybe so. Or a professional athlete on the front. Maybe if they put Spartacus. One in ten gets a Swiss Army knife. Oh, man. <laughs> Babe, I bought ten boxes. This box is marketed towards the real man. Can't believe I bought ten boxes. I didn't find one. <laughs> That's statistically unlikely. <laughs> Better buy ten more. Oh. oh, dude. Cereal, man. Dude, that cereal, man. Holy cow. America. It just plays into cereal. so many more things than you think. Yeah. Capitalism. You know, what sells, that's what's in the culture. Absolutely. So. Well, good. I like that, man. Thanks, Two very different stories this week. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. All right, well, we're going to wrap this up. All righty. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to our cereal and Spartacus. (laughs) When did you ever hear you or think that you would hear those two words in the same sentence? To be honest, I don't think I've ever thought about those two things together in the same day uh, yeah exactly right well i'm glad that we can bring everybody something new maybe in world history in high school i might have had cereal in the morning <laughs> and learned about spartacus in the day yeah that would have been the last time <laughs> well i'm glad that we can hit everybody with that with right that, with that bit well, it's important that we we note this which we fail to do sometimes but neither of us know what the other person is saying no idea at any point <laughs> totally blind it's yeah. like a blind date yeah, we we basically sit in the podcast booth with the two chairs on the table mm-hmm. in the booth, and yeah, we're just on a blind date, and we just tell each other. It is a blind date, though. Some stories. Every yeah. time I show up, I'm I don't know what you're gonna tell me. Yeah, and we just kind of roll with it. So. We hold hands throughout only some of the podcast, only when it gets sad. <laughs> <laughs> like when we were talking about our favorite cereals, that yeah. was a hard moment. We had to. We had to fight back some tears there. <laughs> but, we, but we did our best. But yeah, man, episode eight. That's Ocho. That's Numero Ocho. That's quite a few. So if you've been listening and you haven't reached out to us, now is the time to do so. Yeah, say hey. Episode eight, that's enough. 
you can't keep quiet for that long. So yeah. say hey, give us a like, give us a comment on our Facebook page. Send us an email. Yeah. Volleysofhistory at gmail.com. Yeah, and hit the Facebook page, hit it with a like, mm-hmm. share it. That's the thing, too. I feel like, you know, I just made the pod, or I just made the Facebook page like two hours ago. You know, maybe people are listening to this a couple weeks, a couple months after. Right. The first couple days of October. Yeah. My aunt we'll Becky. Have, we'll probably have more stuff. Becky, Becky Church, she shared my, um, she shared the page. Got a girl. Yeah, she shared Thanks, my post Becky. from last week. Thanks, Becky. So, Becky's great. Thanks, Thank Becky. All the way up in Minnesota. Reaching all the people. I think they're still the people. in Alexandria. I might be wrong. Minnesota. That. Maybe Miltona. I got family from Minnesota as well. Oh, yeah. My mom was born there. Oh, don't you know. Don't you know. <laughs> don't you know. Good stuff. So, the, to the fam up there in the white north and the... I guess that's not the white north. That's Canada. A little further <laughs> south. <laughs> in the north. The lakey north. But we appreciate all of you. Thanks for listening. And we do. We're going to just keep doing this. Honestly, I've said it before. This is just a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. I look forward to this all day. And I was actually sick. I, there were a couple times that I was sniffling. You were ill. I was ill this weekend and this week, and I'm getting over it. But hopefully my voice isn't too nasally. I feel like I was sniffling a couple a couple times. You there. held the sniffles well. That's good. I know. I almost like, I think one time I, like, I, I brought the sniffle back away from the podcast booth and more out into the po- podcast right. place. Right. But what they don't know is the transaction of you not sniffling was me watching boogers stream down your mustache <laughs> this whole time. They taste nice. So I, I made a sacrifice for all you listeners. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for putting up You with didn't me. hear sni- sniffles. I saw snot and mustache. <laughs> I'll save that for later. <laughs> and where can they find us before we go? Oh, yeah. Find us on now Facebook. Yep. Um, Buzzsprout, our website. Yep. History. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Sweet. more to come. More to come. Episode 8, we, we love all of you guys. Thanks for listening. This is Ryan. And this is Jared. And this is the Volleys of History. We out of here. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>